Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. There's something called the five love languages. And if you know this concept, you're probably utilizing it in your everyday interactions. But maybe this is the first time you've heard them. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta. And uh, Dr. Gary Chapman has this concept called the five love languages. And essentially, it's how do you express love and how do you receive love? And the whole goal is to interact with people in ways that are meaningful to them. And so, uh, Danny, in, in my home, um, my wife is a quality time person. That's one of the five. I am a words of affirmation person. And so um, when we're talking, as she says good words to me about what I did or who I am, I just drink that in. And for her, if I sit down and just listen to her, if I give her my undivided attention, that speaks volumes to her. She she could care less sometimes if I say something nice, but if I listen to her, oh, that means the world. How about you? What's uh, what's something for you? Well, John, what what's hard with the the love languages is many times we try to express the way we receive, and we have to be aware of that, right? Yes. We, we have to take time oh, to yeah. learn what other people's love languages are. And uh, for for me, I love physical touch. Uh, I grew up a Latino. Okay, so, so I'm going to me. leave the mic and come around and give you a hug or something. <laughs> and I would something. say it works a little different, especially with John. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but it could be different scenarios. You yeah. have different uh, needs as far as just uh, – and I wouldn't even say it's a need. It's a, it's a want. You know, I, I want to have this way that hmm. people communicate love to me. Uh, and out of out of that, how how do I express love towards others and being aware of that, that I may miss the mark? Sometimes I may think I'm loving someone. And you have five different people in the room with five different love languages. It's impossible to meet everyone's love language. That's not what this is about. It's about communicating with one another, getting to know each other at a deep level, and, and then knowing my own uh, love language. Yeah. And my wife knows. Quality, quality time is hers. Mine's physical touch. We love both of those anyway. Well, together. it's not that you only have one of these. I think we all need all of those five love languages. But let's go ahead and hear more from the guy who wrote the book, so to speak, Dr. Gary Chapman, as he talks with Jim Daly about using the love languages with your teenagers. Well, let's talk about that when you get to the words of affirmation, especially with teenagers, which we're talking about today. Sometimes that can become very strained because they've heard for a decade, uh, that a boy, you're awesome, you're great, I'm so proud of you. Maybe you've done a lot to serve up those kind of accolades. And then you get to teen years, 13, 14, and definitely probably around 15, 16. If it's empty, it doesn't mean much to them. And they're not they're gonna now know dad's just or mom's just you know, shoveling them at my way. Yeah. It's not sincere. How do you make sure as a parent that those words of affirmation are true? Well, I think that is important, Jim, because teenagers can read it. If you're just trying to snow them, mm-hmm. they know it, mm-hmm. you know. And I think what parents have to do is look for not just things that the teenagers are doing. Because, you know, that's one dialect of the language is praise, praising them for something, accomplishments they've done. Now, there's a place for that. And almost all teenagers do something right, you know. Mm. So you look for that and you can praise them. But also look for things about their character that you like. You know, to say to a teenager, you know, one of the things I really like about you is your integrity. Mm. I know you're going to tell me the truth, even if it gets you in trouble. And I really appreciate that about you. Now, obviously, 
you have to believe that to be true, you know, if you're going to say that to mm-hmm. a teenager. Mm-hmm. But things about their personality. You know, to say to a teenager, one of the things I like about you is you smile. I love your smile. I mean, you just light up the room when you smile. That teenager's going to walk away and feel, man, you know, my parents recognize that in me. Now, again, everyone will respond to that. But you're saying you know you have a child whose primary love language is words of affirmation when they light up. Yeah. When you do it, um, if your child doesn't have that, they may smile back at you, but it's not going to feel as good to them, is it? Is that right? How- it's going to mean more to the child whose language is words of affirmation. Uh-huh. Conversely, when you give them critical, harsh words, mm-hmm. it's going to go hurt deeper. them more deeply than it would the other. I remember a 13-year-old boy who said to me, uh, he was in the hospital with stomach ulcers, and in my efforts to try to find out what was going on, I said to him. Uh, how do you and your father get along? And he said, I don't ever please my father. Wow. And said, can you give me an example? He said, if I get a B on my report card, my father will say, you should have made an A, boy. You're smarter than that. Wow. He said, if I get a double playing ball, my father will say, you should have made a triple out of that. You need to learn how to run, boy. Understand? Oh, yeah. His father was trying to motivate him to do his best. But what the teenager was feeling was condemnation. Let me ask you a practical question. Let's go back to that example, which is a good one. If you're that dad and you read the five love languages of a teenager and you've been harping on that poor kid in the way that you described, how do you dial it back? How do you reset the relationship? I think, first of all, Jim, we have to apologize. We have to say to that teenager, you know, I realize that I need to learn a lot of things about parenting. And there's an area in which I realize I have really been hurting you. Mm. And I want you to know I'm aware of it, and I feel badly about it. Mm. And I hope you can forgive me, and I want to learn a new way to share things with you. I'm your dad, and I want to correct you. I want to help you. When I think you can do better, I want to try to challenge you to do better. But I want to learn how to do it in a way that's helpful to you and not hurtful to you. It's that kind of apology that opens the heart of that teenager. And I don't know, I've never met a teenager that wouldn't respond positively to a parent's apology to them. That is some really great insight uh, from Dr. Chapman. Apologizing is one of those things that can really go a long way toward improving your relationship with your teen. It's just hard for us sometimes to swallow our pride. So, Danny, I can hear some parents asking, you know, my child is going to react badly to negative words. So I really don't know how I can constructively criticize them when they do something wrong. I mean, is there ever any room for that? Well, there has to be a balance really in the home. that You're constructing with positive statements of what they're doing right along with uh, constructive criticism on where they can improve. Instead of criticism that's destructive, uh, it's, it's actually constructive. What, where do you need to grow? And kids do need to get used to uh, being given words of direction from people. And if they're very sensitive to them, this is where you can help them balance that out. Hey, I'm not, I'm not trying to destroy you here. This is about constructing you into the person that you can become. And I love you. And those affirmations, the words of affirmation are key before we go to words of, words of, of criticism if they're perceived that way. Okay, so some teenagers are probably just, they hear a nice word of affirmation and they start to bristle because they know what's coming after that. Hey, bud, that was a great job mowing the lawn. 
However, right? I mean, so how do I get into that conversation without, you know, being false in, in a way? Nah, you have to be genuine with it. Really look for things that they're really good at and let them know things they're not good at. They, they know that. Be honest with it. Is that destroying a dream, though, if you tell them, yeah, yeah I guess you're not cut out to be a lawnmower? Well, it, but you're, you're, not, <laughs> you're not saying they're never going to be that. Yeah. You're just saying, hey, you have a lot, of imp- a lot of room for improvement in that, and that's pretty exciting. You can learn a lot of new things. And the word and is very important. If you use but or however, you've discounted any type of compliment you gave. So use the word and. And because they both can be true. Mm-hmm. You are good at this, and you still need to grow. Kids have to hear that, and teens will bristle and uh, will jump back a little bit when you're complimenting. They may even say, oh, no, they may discount what you're saying. Yeah. At the same time, they love to hear that, and they will remember those positive things, especially if they're true, they're genuine, and they see that you're noticing mm. rather than just saying nice things because you're a parent. I appreciate that. Well, we have a lot of great helps here at Focus on the Family to assist you in those daily interactions with your kids. It seems kind of basic. But we all need this kind of refreshment and refining of our communication styles with our kids. So Yeah, I would agree. And, and just realize your kids may be seeing, seeing a completely different picture than what you see. If I say the word apple, many, many of the people listening may see a red apple, a green apple, a yellow apple, or a phone. And so the idea is that we, even with words, we can see something different. So checking in, so what do you hear me saying? I can see that you feel uh, hurt by what I just said. So being observers that way on the mm-hmm. demeanor and checking in, what is it that you're seeing yeah. is going to be very helpful. Parents are, are, are generally very loving people with their kids. Yeah. Right? Well, if you're curious to know what your teen's love language is or how you can better interact with them, head over to our website and get a copy of Dr. Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages of Teenagers. In fact, when you make a donation of any amount to this ministry, we'll send a copy as our way of saying thank you for joining the support team here. The link is in the episode notes. Well, some great stuff today, and we'll come back to this next time as we talk more specifically about engaging with your teen's interests. Until then, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. <music>